Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. The tides of time have turned. The peerless empire eons old in its control of the known universe, steeped in ancient corruptions, borne down by the weight of its own administration, teeters on the brink of destruction. On a small planet in the outer rim of civilization, one moonless night, every adult has the same dream. The dream of a chosen one, born in luxury, raised in hardship, hungry for a new world, and driven, always driven, by the need for the gargle. This is the gargle. Uh, Welcome, this is the Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are James Nukise. Hello. And Alison Spittle. Meow, 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 meow. Hello. Uh, it's lovely to have you both on. Uh, we're going to we're going to put our oars in uh, on the, each side of the paddle that is this week's top story. But first, let's have a look at the front cover. The front cover this week is Ryan Gosling as Ken in the Barbie movie, posing full frontal nude with a completely featureless crotch lump embodying the epitome of modern Hollywood perfectly sexy asexuality in the smooth fullness of its glossy unfuckability. So that's fun. Uh, and the satirical cartoon this week is a BBC headline that I saw, uh, and the BBC headline was, Has Influencer Boob Flash Harmed Women's Boxing? Which, as a headline, has achieved an incredibly quantum feat, which is to go th- so far through clickbait that I don't actually want to know what it's about. No, um, no, that's perfect. Yeah, I, it, it, it is sufficient unto itself. Uh, do you follow women's boxing at all, uh, Alison, James? Uh, well, yeah, being an Irish person, Katie Taylor is our like most successful uh, athlete. So I and also like uh, I went to school with a few boxers. Um, they were like they weren't different from other boys except they go like that occasionally <laughs> so uh like a little hot wheels car or something like that so yeah i've been around a lot of boxers um and i enjoy watching boxing but i don't enjoy it when they hurt each other do you know <laughs> just enjoy it when every punch misses yeah like when when they start bleeding i'm like no this is not yeah. 
My, my favourite bit of any boxing match is where they both get a bit tired and, and sort of come in and hug each other because they're oh, too tired beautiful. to stand up. Yeah, that's really nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Or when they drink the water and then they spit it out again like sommeliers. Yes, <laughs> it's delicious water. No, I like the hug bit because I think if they started the match with that, then they wouldn't have to do the rest of the match. That's so true. That's so beautiful. Our top story this week is other news without an H. It's otter news. This is the news that an aggressive sea otter in California is uh, stealing boards from surfers and riding them. Uh, James Nokise, you understand otters. Can you unpack this story for us? Yes. Well, uh, being off the Pacific Ocean myself and having the uh, facial hair uh, texture of an otter, uh, I took a particular (laughs) interest in this story, Alice. Um, it's a five-year-old female sea otter uh, whose uh, official designation is 841. And uh, she's been active in a surf spot, a legendary surf spot called Steamer Lane, which um, is also the name of your creepy friend's favorite porno. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. She's been... Um, it's, it's, it's very uh, unusual behavior for a sea otter, we are told by several professionals. What she's been doing is she has been hijacking surfboards uh, off local service. She mounts the board, sort of stares them down. Uh, as I said, her, her official name is 841, but the locals are referring to her now as the captain. And <laughs> I think that is correct. I think if you bully someone twenty times your size off their surfboard and claim it as your own, you are the captain. It's it's an an extraordinary feat. But I think what's even more extraordinary here is uh, the uh, cognitive dissonance between the U.S. officials and the otter's behavior because they're like this we don't know why this has happened they've offered uh the u.s fish and wildlife service says they it is unusual but they're just not sure maybe humans fed it uh or maybe it's just hormonal surges because when a woman is acting weird it's probably just <laughs> hormone shit am i right otter guys hey. uh allison well like what i love about this story is uh that they they, they, they've offered two different solutions, the FREs, right? One is hazing, which I didn't know existed before for animals, but it's a type of harassment where <laughs> you would you would make the animal feel that maybe starvation is a better option than staying in this place. And you would have to harass the animals until they leave. Or the other one is, and this feels like this feels like the end of any 90s film, where, and, where if there's any 90s film where there's an eccentric animal, euthanasia is always offered as... <laughs> The, as a solution oh, and I'm just thinking like any animal that shows a bit of character like don't kill it why do we have to do that all the time if a worm wants to wear sunglasses let them live that's what I say and as well what as what 90s that, films are you watching that end in euthanasia well like isn't like any kind of like maybe I'm maybe I'm retroactively misremembering this but I always when free remember... willy jumps over the wall it's covered in spikes yeah <laughs> but it's always like, like okay, E.T. E.T. is the number one. It's the <laughs> ultimate animal film. You got a small boy called Elliot. You got a little creature. And then what? The FBI come along and they just want to do experiments on it. And, and, and eventually, like, 
Yeah, ET, f- famous for euthanasia, famously short for euthanasia, ET. Look, every 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 member of authority is eventually euthanasia. We do threaten violence. <laughs> that, that is what we are as a society. So, like, I just I just feel like, it's, what is this? This otter, um, if somebody was trying to steal your car and you're holding on to it and then it starts biting chunks out of the side of your car, <laughs> give them your car. <laughs> Give them your car, like uh, these, this. This I've seen a video of this otter, um, doing a doing a surf hijacking. Not only do they get on top of it, but then when you kind of grip onto it more, they grip the other side and then eat chunks out of it. And it's just like if you saw that in a prison, <laughs> that person would be the king of the prison. You know, yeah. there's no, they're they're the top of the apex. They're the apex of this food chain, above yeah. animals. And yeah, um, sorry for. I, I skipped there from euthanasia to prison, um, which feels like a very. <laughs> well, a very I, I, mean I'm still pathway. stuck on the idea that ET is a, just a really eccentric animal. <laughs> That's what it is. That is like the ET story is. of an eccentric animal that is intended to be euthanized. <laughs> so, Chihuahua that got stung by a bee. That's all it is. <laughs> the, the what the Macaulay Culkin, my girl thing. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the bees get euthanized in that. I think Macaulay Culkin gets euthanized yeah. by the bees. It's the only film where it goes the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> My girl is just a vengeance for ET. And poor Macaulay Culkin got the brunt of that. When it should have been the FBI. But look, what can we do? But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, because we're talking films. Films have narratives. Anyone who's familiar with narratives, when they go, we don't know why this otter's behaving so weird. The sea otter, there's about 3,000 of them. They're on the mm. endangered species list. They were thought that extinct until like the 1930s. This particular otter was actually raised in captivity. Like it was born in captivity because its mum got too friendly uh, with uh, humans, which is an actual sentence from a press release that was not proofread. And <laughs> so, the, so this order comes from a people uh, who have generational trauma through near extinction, got raised and kept, then was uh, hazed off from humans last year and now has come back. And the scientists are saying it's lost its fear of Like this order is gangster. That's what's happened. This order is from the streets. This otter is going to, if they drive it off again, it's coming back with a knife. Wow. It's like Too Furry, Too Furious. I'd love to see that film where it's just some otters going, we're family. Yeah, yeah. And then surfing in. Yeah, yeah. By the 10th movie, they're firing surfboards into the sun. (laughs) Dwayne DeRock Johnson shows up halfway through the series as an elephant seal. Just... your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy if you're looking for a simple recipe for simple syrup to zazz up your cocktails mocktails or sincere compliment tales you've come to the right place add about half a cup of sugar in a one-to-one ratio with the same amount of water and stir well to taste for a complicated recipe for simple syrup it's the same ingredients but you have to gather them by the light of the full moon and mix them inside a circle of fresh herbs the sugar has to be ethically sourced including within its ethical sourcing an absolute lack of western colonial trade routes and the water needs to be in half a glass of pure heirloom crystal it'll taste much the same but you'll feel smugger 
And a new novel is out by self-published romance maven and online bestseller Dancy Lagarde. The Seals as Sexy Seal, a futuristic supernatural Navy Seals romance mystery with a thruple twist. Dane and Sebastian are Seals, not real Seals, but Navy Seals. And brothers, not real brothers, but the kind of brothers you are when you're both Navy Seals. They're bonded through the camaraderie of their elite military unit, through their shared cybernetic implants, and through an ancient blood bond ritual that should have killed them along with the rest of their unit back in the war in the unspecified place that we won't name lest it make us feel weird for romanticising these dudes or ask what they actually did for work other than sit-ups to maintain their perfectly rock-hard and mysteriously oily abs. (laughs) Loose on the road after 20 years of military service, they're looking for the home they've never had among the people they've always protected but never truly known. Persia is a small-town operator of Heartstone, a homely roadside inn by the main coastline. All she wants is a normal life in her small town and no complications. Orphaned from birth, raised in an experimental facility, she is also a seal. (laughs) Which is to say, not a real seal, but a real half-seal who has to spend time regularly both on water and on land, leaving her skin discarded on the shore. Business is slow and she likes it that way. When two abstricken men knock at her inn's door during an ice storm, little does she know that they're about to turn her life and her vagina upside down. Oh no, not her vagina! (laughs) Trapped together in the inn while the storm rages outside, Dane and Sebastian both find themselves drawn to the buxom Persia, both seeing each other's love and being too honourable to act on it lest they interfere with each other's brotherly penis. While fetching cocoa in the kitchen, Persia finds herself standing too close to Dane, mainly because of his extraordinary masculine bigness filling up most of the floor space. While selecting a book from the library, she falls from a ladder and is caught by Sebastian who happens to be shirtless for reasons that are adequately explained during the book (laughs) Persia is torn by the reawakening of her sexual self after years of celibacy and equally attracted to both men heated dreams and scenes of individual furtive and variously guilty self-fingering follow on all fronts but the triangular tension rising between them can never be indulged until one day certain she's come to some harm while quote-unquote fishing in the freezing water of the harbour Sebastian and Dane catch Persia coming nude from the ocean switching her body from sexy seal to sexy lady and realise she may not be the conservative girl next door they'd both sexistly projected her to be. <laughs> Can these three sort of seals seal a pact between them for a logistically complex but mutually satisfactory thruppling? Can Dane and Sebastian resolve their complex trauma from the loss of all their comrades through the sensual embrace of a good woman? Can they protect Persia from the sinister wizard slash professor who wants to kidnap and study her? The answer is yes, but you'll have to find out how in The Seals' Sexy Seal, now out on all remote rocky shores and in all good ancient ballads. And that's your ad section for today. I had a cocaine dream like that one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that you have to read. Uh, I think it's one of of about 14 Sexy Seals books in uh, the Dancy Lagarde oeuvre. Like in my head, I was just fully imagining her as a seal flirting oh. with those men and like <laughs> running a hotel, like with a little hat on. Just to say that. I mean, I mean, if, if you are a man who is attracted to a seal, just make sure they don't get their nose under your balls. <laughs> I mean, that could be said for everything, couldn't it? <laughs> It's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very sensitive area, and the skin is very breakable. Like, mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just five dollars. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. 
Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Floristry news now and Barcelona traders have demanded action over the rise of CBD shops that are posing as florists. Alison Spittle, you grow flowers on your balcony. Can you unpack this story for us? I must say, very legal flowers. The most <laughs> legal of all legals. And yes, yeah, so apparently uh, Barcelona's old city has been overrun by what did it call? Um, they call weed shops, right? Which are... <laughs> Like legal shops, I I never knew this about. I've been to Barcelona this year, and I never knew that apparently Barcelona has very similar laws to Amsterdam. So like, um, there are places that you can go to that you can smoke weed, but there's lots of rules, and it's it's not it's not um the authorities do raid sometimes. So it's like it's semi legal in a way. They do exist, and apparently there's loads of parts of old Barcelona that um have been taken over by cannabis shops, but they call it because because it's kind of semi legal they can't they can't tell the council it's weed shops. So what they say it is is that they're florists because weeds are a type of flower. And the stuff that they sell, they sell seeds, they sell lamps, they sell a load of C B D oil, which I have been told like does C B D oil actually work? Because like I get told by some people it does and some people it doesn't and both of those people I trust is like hypnotism <laughs> in a way I'm just very confused what there are complaints about is that the the THC uh, which makes you high is, is not involved in a lot of products but it is involved in some products so it is an ingredient in cannabis that produces a high and they sell lollipops uh, that have THC in it like some of these shops which I think to, to to get high via lollipop is probably the most uncoolest way to get high. Like I would rather a suppository. Like if you could give me THC in a in a suppository that I had to take publicly, I would rather do that than suck a lollipop, to be honest with you. Any uh, lollipop is a suppository if you're using it wrong. <laughs> I suppose, Alice, there is that old saying, anything is a suppository if you try hard enough, you know? Yep, as all of my doctor friends who've ever worked in an emergency department are eager to tell you. Uh, I think my favourite part of this story is that 118 new florists have opened in uh, Ciudad Vela, which uh, is the, the suburb in which these florists, quote-unquote florists, are all opening. But Barcelona's Florist Association, on being approached, says it is unaware of any boom in flower selling <laughs> James I like the part where they're like look we are we are florists who just happen to sell bongs and <laughs> THC lollies because as we all know a bong 
It's just an emergency vase waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be the grimmest Mother's Day ever. Just some stoner young lad giving his mum some flowers in a bar. <laughs> flowers in a bar. Flowers in a bong sounds like a 1970s like anthem of some sort. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I've, I went to Barcelona this year and, and didn't notice that phenomenon at all, but I was just very interested in tapas, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I feel very uncool. Well, who's going to Barcelona to buy flowers? <laughs> like, that's the weirdest thing about it being a tourist trap. Like, like people go, oh, yeah, they're setting up to trap the tourists. Like, but no tourist is, like, going anywhere in the Mediterranean and going, oh, and we must buy flowers while we're here. Well, I have a friend who, uh, when she travels, buys flowers because she has cats and the cats will eat the flowers if she buys them at home. So when she's, when she's away from home, uh, when, when the cat's away or when the person's away from the cat, the, the mice will buy flowers. Uh, wow. Yep, that's a, a very bad story. But yeah, I, I, it was relevant and so I thought it might be interesting and then I said it and it wasn't interesting. So I apologize. That is interesting, don't you? I'm just, there was a part of me that paused because I was like, how long is your friend staying in a place? I suppose maybe if it's a week or two, you are getting the best of those flowers. Your friend is dead right. And don't you ever second guess yourself about what, what is interesting, what isn't interesting. Thank if it you. comes out of your mouth, Alice, it's interesting. <laughs> Now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. James, what have you brought in for us this week? Look, I've brought a combination. It's this haircut, uh, which I got today, uh, mm. and it's very sharp. You'll see he lined me up. Uh, mm. Amazing. Probably one of the best barbers in the world. Does, uh, you know, I won't say his name uh, out of respect <laughs> and love. I wouldn't want but, to advertise him. But one star... Because while he was lining me up, and if, you, if for listeners who don't know what that means, it's when they get the razor blade and, and make sure it's really nice and high. He goes, are you doing a podcast tonight? Because we've been talking. I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, look, I've been listening to this podcast. And he interviewed that guy, Andrew Tate. And man, you know, some good points. And just started going off to me Aww. about the other side of the Andrew Tate case and how we've got... Now, you and listeners might be going, well, surely you rebutted. No, because he had a razor blade to my temple <laughs> while he's got saying the most outrageous, outlandish stuff I'd heard. And and he's been my barber for years. When I'm in New Zealand, he's my guy. We've never had anywhere close to this kind of conversation. And so I've got to give him, uh, I can't give him zero stars because it's a good fade and it's lined <laughs> up properly. <laughs> but... I also I can't give him five stars because rape apology and human trafficking. So one one star for my barber today. Oh, I, I get that. Oh, I, I, mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like if anyone is going to interview Andrew Tate, the only question they ought to ask him is, "Have you ever done anything good for anyone in your whole life?" Because even the things on which he prides himself are just sleazy, seedy, disgusting, exploitative behaviors in order to get power over more people who he then exploits and makes makes worse like it, i just don't think he's ever made anyone's life better in the world now uh, look just for anyone who thinks i'm crowbarring andrew tate into this this is how we got to andrew tate 
Are you doing a podcast? I've been listening to a podcast. The podcast is for tax advice. It's a US tax advice, and he's a New Zealand citizen, but I couldn't point that out because razor blade to my temple. On the podcast, they interviewed Andrew Tate. We have never talked anything around Andrew Tate or any toxic mess, any of that stuff. We usually just talk about Taika Waititi films and the All Blacks like every other New Zealand barbershop. Somehow, we ended up on the Cobra. Alison, what have you brought in for us to review this week? So many times, I think probably my most inspired um, reviews have been ones that have been very last minute. And so today I thought I would review the act of scatting. Uh, so uh, scatting is improvised uh, mouth noises. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to do that for you right now. And we'll review it together. Okay. I'm living my Kim Cattrall era. Okay, three. <laughs> Three, two, three, two, one. A beep, ba, a bow, a bow, a Check it out, check it out. Hey, oh. um, so I think if we could listen to that, <laughs> I'm going to give that, yeah, a three out of five, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I would have that as my ringtone, so which I think is the qualification would for scatting. Could you imagine being in a fear? <laughs> Can you imagine being in bed with someone? <laughs> well, I mean, if they were, if they were doing that seal trick where they've got their nose on your balls, maybe that's the sound yeah. that you would make. Or like. Can you imagine that's the last sound you hear before you hear the worst news you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> so you're like, I wonder, beep, ba, be, bo, bada, ba, bada, ba, ba. Oh, I wonder who this is. Hello? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's the local police. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> there was like a famous Italian song. I don't know if you guys have seen it. And the, it was an Italian comedian. And he made a, a song kind of like that of just like <gasps> English words to prove that in Italy oh, back in so like the good. 70s. It's oh, well, so yeah. good. It's so funny because it's like, and everyone's like, yeah, it was like a number one hit in Italy and it's just <laughs> nonsense. It's extraordinary and the music video is excellent. Oh, um, incredible. It just de- it just it does does an incredibly existential job of unanchoring meaning from reality, but in a joyous way. Um, Incredible! It feels like yeah, the perfect distillation of positive nihilism, and I'm for it. Uh, <laughs> so, how many stars? I'm gonna go three out of five because I think it would be hubris to mark myself and my art as an. I'm gonna give it a three <laughs> out of five. Three out of five. Well, I'll give you a five out of five for for your uh, scatting. Just off the top of the head, you didn't even warm up. You weren't even in a jazz club. You're not even wearing a beret. You haven't got any of the equipment, which is normally for the you know high wire act of scatting. You need to have all of the safety equipment on, and uh, oh. you've managed to do it uh, free will and and uh, off the top of your dome. So five stars from me. I also have brought in a review this week. Unusually, I have brought in a review, and I would like to review uh, having your Airbnb broken into and all of your oh. audio equipment uh, stolen which is what happened to uh, me this week. We went away for the weekend to visit some friends and uh, my dad arrived from Sydney to our flat and we had uh, left the key with a local business person 
and he took the key and approached the door, but it was unnecessary for him to have the key to open the door because the door had been kicked in and uh, all of our stuff had been uh, overturned and rummaged and I I now have no stuff. Uh, So, upsides, it wasn't me coming back from a trip with my toddler on my hip to find uh, a a kicked-in door. Uh, Downsides, it was my dad after a 26-hour flight, which is the last time in the world that you want to be dealing with, like, an emergency locksmith. Uh, So I'm going to give it uh, 0.5 of a star. 0.5 of a star (laughs) for getting all your stuff nicked while away on a delightful holiday. The holiday was good, though, so maybe uh, one star. But the upside which might redeem this whole experience is that this podcast at the moment I am doing on a boat... Ah, <gasps> uh, yeah, I'm on a canal boat uh, quite near to where I'm staying and uh, it's delightful because last year I was staying on a boat. Last year, this time last year, I was staying on a boat and I would walk past this podcasting boat every day and I would think, I should do a podcast on the podcasting boat. Wouldn't that be fun? And despite all of the terrible circumstances that have led to that being the case now, I am now on the podcasting boat and it's a delight. I think it's called the pod boat or the boat pod and uh, I don't think uh, it would be a Google problem because i can't imagine very many of them exist james (laughs) look we've been friends for a long time now but i have to say sometimes alice i go what is your life what what is my life so this isn't the first time i've done a podcast on the boat because last time i did it last this time last year i was on a boat and also doing podcasts but this is a specific podcasting boat and you'll probably can tell from the audio quality uh that it is a, a, a specialized podcasting boat can't even hear the geese that are having a fight outside right now that's how that that's how optimized it is incredible on the boat pod no one can hear you scream it's like space (laughs) it's incredible and that brings us to the end of our review section now it's time for your mystery news and this is this is a in a thing that should be in an agatha christie novel but isn't more than a hundred tourists were trapped for several hours in the former home of famed british mystery writer agatha christie uh so i feel you know that's a pretty exciting scenario for murder unfortunately for all of us uh, but fortunately for all of them no one was murdered during the process of this being trapped briefly uh, in in the house as a, a stormy weather knocked over a tree blocking the road, uh, which which would have let them out. Uh, James Nokise, you understand the dark heart of British mystery writing. Can you unpack this story for us? Well, look, uh, as you said, it was over a hundred people who a tree fell down uh, blocking the way out in a greenway, which is the name of uh, Agatha Christie's former house, where she spent a lot of time uh, playing clock golf. Um, whatever upper class British shit that is Um, croquet and of course thinking up complicated ways to murder people Uh, now uh, it wasn't just tourists there were staff there were volunteers and uh, one small Belgian with a large moustache who kept on asking people questions about the fallen tree and their whereabouts uh, they apparently passed the time as it was hours um, and this is this is from reports, just drinking tea, which is the most British thing. And more important, they were praising that the tea was free, which is <laughs> it's, it's almost too British to be stuck in a mystery writer's house drinking free tea. I mean, this is pretty cool, man. This is what we paid the big bucks for. 
I mean, th- this was reported to Devon uh, to Devon Live, which is the local news station, by a, a woman called Carolyn well, Heaven. I can just, if I can just stop you there, Alice. Uh, Devon Live is actually a, an oxymoron. Nothing in Devon feels alive. <laughs> it is one of the most boring places in the United Kingdom. Well, well, she reported this whole situation. She was saying uh, she was very grateful to the staff at the Agatha Christie House who were looking after the tourists for giving them this free tea. Uh, but she commented that it's all a bit bleak, which I think, it, I mean, I feel like you're getting your money's worth in an English country home if it's a bit bleak. <laughs> yeah, what, what, like, what do you explain? Like, it's England. <laughs> with I mean, with I mean, respect to our uh, many employers. But it's England. <laughs> of course it's bleak. That's why you came. <laughs> I mean, if I was a tourist on that trip, I would kill someone. It would just, <laughs> just the opportunity would feel too Just great. for bragging rights. Yeah, I feel like Agatha would be screaming in my head, going, please, for me, kill someone. So, yeah, and it's always like people get murdered, murdered in Agatha Christie for, in any kind of British uh detective drama in such fiendish ways do you know what i mean and it's always over a will or um an employment dispute like um it's never really a crime a crime of passion any of these agatha christie kind of things it's always a disgruntled butler and um maybe maybe the well tree- i mean yeah i feel like that it would be a fairly short mystery book if uh, the detectives walk in and there's a lady standing over the body of her husband holding a <laughs> large metal teapot and looking guilty <laughs> Realistic. Do you know what I mean? It's always, it's always. I mean, like, unless um, unless she's not the murderer, in which case that's a great book. Someone write no, that book. Someone write that. Like it's always like um, it's always like um, a groundskeeper that does like an incredible um, poisoning plot through through um, put by putting too many apple seeds in an apple by growing <laughs> uh, for a couple of years. Like he, he grows an apple that has so many apple seeds in it that like the cyanide becomes too much. And kills this one person. Like, it feels like it's always that kind of plot. Um, I love it as well that these people are blocked in by a tree. Like, they could leave any other exit, I'm sure. Like, uh, they said they were trapped, but they basically were just waiting for help in a warm, sheltered yeah. place. They chose that. Yeah. It's a hundred, a hundred people can, can lift the tree. Come on. That's... Uh, yeah, work together. Or, yeah. Start, or start the Thunderdome that you're all hoping will happen. Oh, I'd love that. I mean, you're right. I think someone could have died at the Agatha Christie house. I just think that if you are someone who wants to murder someone, you wouldn't do it at Agatha Christie's house because no one would believe that it was real. (laughs) I would hate to die at Agatha Christie's house. I I am always afraid of dying in an ironic way. I think I'd, you know, people don't want horrific deaths or to have lonely deaths. I don't want to have an ironic death, you know? You prefer horrific to ironic? Yeah, yeah. I want I want someone like when they hear about my death to either go, oh, or oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want that kind of noise. So you prefer your last thoughts were oh no instead of oh, I can't believe it. Exactly, exactly. I would rather if someone reacted to my death and go, oh my god, no. Then you know. Oh. Now it's time for our private jet news. Uh, And this is the news uh, that the small town of Sun Valley in Idaho is apparently 
uh, hosting what is what is called the Summer Camp for Billionaires, Allen & Co.'s annual conference. Uh, so there's so many private jets piling up that they're having to stack them on top of each other like chips. Alison Spittle, uh, you understand yes. billionaires. Can you unpack this story for us? Well, if there was ever a place that needed an Agatha Christie-style death, we've got it right here. <laughs> so... This place, um, this is a small, small, it's, what's it called? Sunny Valley, is, it? is that what it's called? Sun Valley, oh. yeah. Sun Valley in Idaho. Um, it's, a, it's a small place that hosts a conference every year, hosted by this company called Allen & Co., I think it's called, which um, I'd never heard of before and had to Google. And that's when you know it's a billionaire high quality uh uh, company when you when when the lay person hasn't heard of it like if you if i've heard of lancome i've heard of hermes um i've heard of uh hsbc that that's all that's all um, that's all you've heard of <laughs> yeah that's all for that's the only yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very hard companies. to couple together a meal <laughs> <laughs> but like you know they're supposed to be a high quality product but i've heard of it so I know that billionaires don't use it. They use like soap made by Fuckelstein and Co. or whatever. And this is like, this is a, a, an annual conference that's been happening since the eighties, and it's hosted the worst of the worst bastards of all time. <laughs> and uh, this year is no different. And I love that they call it a summer camp for billionaires because at summer camp, you know, you're gonna make like a macaroni pasta. Um, shape uh paintings and stuff but at this billionaire camp like i don't know officially but there's definitely been at least five human sacrifices i'd say <laughs> since the 1980s just has to be yeah in a normal normal children's summer camp there's only one or two uh, <laughs> well yeah. apparently most of the incoming flights are operated by a private charter company because billionaires have now clocked onto the fact that with satellite imaging people can track their planes uh, and, you know, having to lodge uh, flight plans means that, you know, there are all these online uh, p- flight trackers. So at least community work has meant that billionaires can't fly their own private jets anymore and they have to rent one, uh, which is, I don't know. I don't know why that's satisfying to me, but it is. I know, because it's definitely been soiled. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like yeah. You're going to go in and you're going to just smell Bill Gates off it. And you're going to be like, <laughs> this is not the luxury that I wanted. Isn't it mad that, like... Billionaires are aware that we can see them and we can follow and track their their whereabouts. Yet they will not change their behaviour in destroying the earth. They're like, we'll just rent a jet instead of being nicer and, uh, you know, not causing a climate crisis. I don't like the idea of anyone sort of feeling unsafe or anything, but also the fact that billionaires are constantly tracking our whereabouts uh, using yeah. our devices. It does feel a little bit like turnabout is fair play. <laughs> James? Oh, look, I'm I'm still looking forward to the announcement next week that the billionaires have uh, figured out their new environmental procedures uh, for their companies uh, from getting together in, in the in the wonderful Sun Valley with all of their private jets. I, I do worry about the current protests going on with like the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild, uh, because the billionaires are like the head of Apple, the head of Disney. Like this is like the one time you don't want all those guys getting together in a valley <laughs> with coke and wine. Yeah, you don't see what Mickey Mouse does in the next three years. Just walks around with a crowbar going, I told you guys you know like just <laughs> taking out vigilante justice on the people. Going, Leave Bob Iger alone <laughs> just be, you know. 
Uh, and that brings us to the end of the show. I'm flipping through the ads at the back. Alison, have you got anything to plug? Yeah, so I'm plugging my show, 125 every day. It's called Soup. It's about 5% about soup at this stage. Uh, <laughs> a lot about CPTSD <laughs> and worms. So if you want to come watch that, it's at 125 every day at the Hive One. Um, you can see me on social media. I'm going to go on tour with this show soon. I got works in progresses in. Uh, I got one show in in next week. Uh, wet in Southampton. Just go to my Instagram and go to the link tree. You'll find all the information there. Do go and see Soup. I had brunch with Alison. We talked through the show, and it is uh, a brilliant, even when just spoken to me over toast. So <laughs> it's going to be even more brilliant in a room with an audience in front of them. So, uh, James Nukise, what have you got to plug? Uh, I've got my Edinburgh show, actually, uh, which is uh, at 6.45 at the Stand 4 and is called Right About Now uh, and, funnily enough, is about dealing with people you care about and are close to you who start going down rabbit holes and believing in dumb shit. Um, can I also just acknowledge for some of the um, the Gargle listeners, not, not all of the Gargle listeners, but um, the ones who also... I had a small heart attack when Alison said that she was going to do her scat impersonation and didn't immediately think of music. Um, no, they went straight to YouTube, even if they were watching it on podcasts. They're like, get me onto YouTube here. Um, I'm so, it was such a wholesome thing in the end. And for a moment, I was like, what in God's name is Alison about to do? A very different but equally inappropriate ringtone, that. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, I, yes, go and see uh, James's show in Edinburgh. James always has a brilliant show, and it's usually a pay-what-you-want show, um, which means that if you're on a budget and you want to see some excellent, high-quality comedy um, for non-billionaire prices, you can go and watch James Nokise. And we've got a book coming out. The Gargle, The Last Post, The Bugleverse is, is, has coalesced into the creation of the Dancy Lagarde Reader, which is currently sitting at about 200% funded. But you can buy, a pre-order a copy of the Dancy Lagarde Reader if you go to unbound.com and type Alice Fraser into the search bar. I do not recommend typing Dancy Lagarde into the search bar because I guarantee you will spell it wrongly. Uh, but uh, you can pre-order a copy and uh, the more orders of, of the book that we get, the more I can hire a babysitter to give me time to write them so that's that's the upside of that and also you'll get a beautiful uh, either e-copy or hard copy of the actual book uh, a book that exists only because of so many stupid things happening in a row that it couldn't not also i have a show in edinburgh it is called twist uh, and it is at 8 30 p.m at the underbelly bristow square the rest of the stuff you can find me online at patreon.com slash alice fraser i run a weekly writers meeting which is just a lot of fun patreon.com slash alice fraser for a dollar a month you get a weekly writers meeting two salons and a book club which is uh, extremely uh, worth your money you can also pay more money if you want to uh, because you know you value my time in a way that i don't this is a bugle podcast and alice fraser production your executive producer is chris skinner your editor is ped hunter I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com